the silence is over. Hello and welcome back to podcast. You can't say that every time. I know. You have to come up with something new. <laughs> Episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> or as we in the business say, niner. In what business? The sky business. Okay. Maybe we should start the episode now. Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. Woo! Uh, You might notice our sound quality is significantly better. I at least hope that it is because otherwise I spent money for no reason. (laughs) We uh, we actually got recording equipment. We must actually enjoy this Mm. if we're spending money on it. (laughs) Yeah, we got like little stands and microphones and... Little cables and a little box. It's um, called Euphoria. What? It is Euphoria UMC two zero two. Are you experiencing definition. Euphoria right now? I'm holding them like like I'm on TV or some kind of singing is star. It, is it making you feel famous? Is it making you feel special? Perhaps. <laughs> I can tell. No, I can seriously tell that the power of holding a microphone is going to your head. Listen to me, world. <laughs> So our old setup was pretty bad. I don't I have, have to worry about my chair squeaking anymore. No, which is good. So yeah, our old setup was I had one old Blue Yeti microphone and we just sat with that between us, which explains probably a lot of the echoing and some not so great stuff. But I don't know, like I feel like whenever I listen to the first episodes of any podcast that isn't like produced by a company, the sound is not great. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like it takes people some time to figure it out. So we figured it out. You go back to like early, like any YouTube channel you like, you go back to the early quality videos and you're just like, Oof. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you learn Even you if go. you were watching back then, you're like, God, is this really what I accepted from this yeah. person back then? <laughs> and you hear them talking years later and they're like, I hate all my early episodes. They sound shit or it was yeah. awful or I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And that Blue Yeti microphone picked up absolutely everything. So if one of us scratched our arm or something, I could hear it. <laughs> By one of us, she means me. <laughs> You used to like uh, really like rubbing your jeans and oh my God, that was a nightmare to edit out. So hopefully it's going to at least make my job yeah. a little easier. <laughs> I mean, I might be a little bit varying this episode because I am holding the microphone, uh, whereas Amanda well, is using a tripod, bipod stand. Yeah. Uh, probably pick up a stand eventually. We just don't really, it won't fit on the desk. I'm not comfortable with it on a box. Yeah. So I'm just we're going gonna to figure it out. It's we'll going to be there. fine. But I think that this is a pretty big improvement compared to what our quality used to be. Yeah. I'm pretty happy because um, we didn't spend like a huge amount of money and like I think the improvement is definitely worth it. So yeah. yeah. I'm just shocked by how cheap the microphones were actually. I yeah. thought that would be the most expensive part and it wasn't. It, it was probably the cheapest part out of the equipment. Mm, cable. But I mean, you would expect a cable to be cheaper than a microphone. Yeah. Is there anything else we wanted to include in this before the episode truly starts? Country was on fire and now is wet. Yeah, so it seems like Australia either wants to be on fire or flooding, and no in between. Next week, floods that are on fire. (laughs) Okay, if that was a thing to happen, that'd be truly terrifying. But somehow, Melbourne, still unscathed. It's a little wet here today, but it's nice. Yeah, no, the weather's nice. Like, it's not, I mean, it's raining, but it's nice. Whatever's growing in that flower bed in our new place is exploding. It's taking over. It's probably a weed. I'm going to have to deal with that later. (laughs) It's green, it's nice. (laughs) But yeah, Australia just wants to be one extreme or another, and absolutely nothing in between which is alarming and kind of terrifying but you know this is what we're dealing with now i want to say like thanks climate change but this probably isn't the first time this has happened it's worse it's worse it is worse like but we've definitely had a fire season with a flood in the middle before you always get the flyers and the floods at this time of year, but they're worse than ever before. That's all. And like much closer together, I feel like there's usually at least some 
break in between. I mean, we haven't had the floods putting out the fires just yet, but we're not. No, far we have. Off. Have we? Yeah, yesterday they said that pretty much every fire was under control thanks to the rain. So that's the rain, though, not the flooding. That's like true. I'm waiting for the wall of water to come through and like wipe out the fire. I mean, look, the floods are not are not good, but they're not bad at the same time. I almost did a story today. I know none of yours. You're all, all yours are in New South Wales. So this yes. one is from Queensland, where um, there's actually a town. I want to say it's probably about 300 kilometers southwest of Brisbane or so, down on the border of New South Wales. I can't remember the name, but it's like to something size of a T. They got a private dam there that's burst with a big hole in the middle of it. Oh wow! And there's like 450 quadrillion super liters of water or something. <laughs> And <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a measurement. And they're just like, everyone needs to leave. Right now, the hole's getting bigger and we can't fix it. Oh, shit. It's, made a, it's like a dirt dam, so it's nothing like it's not like concrete yeah. busted. But they can show a picture of the hole and I'm like, hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Well, I was going to say there's a video going around um, on social media at the moment where there is like water going through a creek that hasn't seen any water in it for years and like the farmers next to it celebrating so i'm like there is some good sides like rain is going where it needs there to were go articles but... about yeah, towns that haven't had water have been shipping in water for the past few years how's yeah. it affecting them i don't read those yet so i mean as long as it stops raining sometime soon i think it's gonna be okay i mean i do feel like a lot of it is sort of built into the environment as well that it does like wait forever then it floods kind of thing yeah which is like the plant life and all that's used to it kind of thing it's just sort of we I was going to say... We don't is... ever really build for these disasters. No, we don't. And I feel like... Which I don't know why. We should be able to build somewhere. I mean, I guess there's only so much you can do. I mean, how? I, how are you going to prepare for fires, for one? Yeah. You can't really. The dams, though, you know what we should do is we should contact the guys, the Dutch and the Netherlands. Do they flood often, do they? Uh, the entire country is on reclaimed land, basically. Most of it sits below sea level. So they're famous right. for dams and windmills. Right, okay. And hash brownies. So we should be talking to them on how to... I think the problem is that maybe that's normal weather for them, whereas for us it comes in cycles. It's not normal weather. They didn't have a lot of land, so they dammed off water to create more land for their country. Right. They've been doing it for hundreds of years. In fact, they're now proposing for like 500 billion euros, they want to dam off basically the Atlantic Ocean. So they're going to put a dam between Wales and France, and then another dam between like Scotland a few islands over, I want to say it's Norway is on the other side. Yeah, Norway, Sweden, Finland. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong on that, actually. Yeah, they want to do that just to, uh, just to like, save all of Europe from, like, flooding. Right, okay. Now, given that most of the country lies below sea level as it already is, and they're already using dams to stop themselves from being drowned, I can understand why, of all the places, the Netherlands are the ones who are like, we should do this. Yeah. And they're probably the most equipped. Their damming technology is really good. Um, okay, so that's really interesting. Why aren't we talking to them? I don't know. We should also talk about farming, because they are the they have amazing farms. They do have amazing farms as well. No, but they we should really talk to the Dutch about farming because they do they're just farming in backyards and greenhouses. And oh, they're wow, the okay. second highest exporter of food per capita in the world. Oh wow, interesting. Okay. So they use a lot of um I think they get like per acre they get four to eight times the yield of any other country. They're a rich country, so they're using like drones and a lot of computer equipment and electronics to like monitor these farms. They're indoors, a lot of hydroponics and stuff like that, so that's why they're getting really good results. Right. But Uses less land, you get more food. Well, I think we should probably get off the farming and the dams. Good, because neither of my stories involve either of those things. Same. One of my stories does involve something to do with the fires. Okay. Or a person that was made famous. Not famous. Made them well known due to the fires. Is that cryptic enough? I think I know who this is. Was he a fireman? Yes. (laughs) Did he tell the Prime Minister to get fucked? (laughs) Yes. Are you from the media? (laughs) Oh, the Prime Minister to get fucked. That was in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just ruined it. Oh, come on. 
It's fine. So you've probably seen the story then. I saw the clip. I know somewhat what's happened, but I don't know all the details. Okay. Well, I guess I'll go first since we've started. Yeah. So I was going to ask you if the name Paul Parker was familiar to you. Uh, it is. Because you know who he is. I do. So yeah, he was uh, definitely, I wouldn't say made famous, but made well known by his quote that went pretty much viral, I would think I'm pretty fair to say that, um, which was, are you from the media? Tell the Prime Minister to go and get fucked from Nelligan, which I feel like that got played so many times. Even mainstream media played yeah, it. I feel like it was probably when, I don't have any proof of it, but I'm guessing it was, would have gone international. At least New Zealand yeah. definitely would have heard of it, but I if mean, you haven't it's seen not the often, video for some I, reason. Yeah, I mean, but it it's not often that you uh, see a thing go that mainstream where someone's telling the leader of a country to go get fucked. Yeah, basically he uh, <laughs> pulls up to the media in his fire truck. Probably running from one fire to another. Looks yeah. absolutely exhausted. Looks like I've he's exhausted anyone in that. the truck. Yeah. Leans out the window, shouts, are you from the media? They come over and then he says, tell the prime minister. To go and get fucked. <laughs> Which like, good on you, Paul, seriously. <laughs> and that was like right back in the very like, when we had those two weeks where it was like all the media was talking about how yeah. bad the fires were. Um, you know, before they got bored of that story and found the coronavirus. Yeah, pretty much, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, pretty. there was like a period where... All the media, anything you read or seen was all about the fires. And Even honestly, us. Well, yeah. And honestly, <laughs> fair enough. It was a thing that was happening that was bad. And now it's all about the coronavirus. And we have minimal cases in Australia, but that's all the media is reporting on. One of my stories somewhat relates to the coronavirus. Well, we can talk about that more in your story then. Um, Paul Parker is a New South Wales volunteer firefighter who became everyone's heroes basically just from saying what everyone was already thinking. Because at the time, at the time this happened, I'm pretty sure the Prime Minister was still in Hawaii, living it up on his holiday. Maybe. I feel like it was he either might very have just close. Back. Yeah, it would have been very close to him getting back or he was still there. This I can't was remember. Before he went to whatever town it was and all those people yelled at him and he was like Yeah, it was before that. Before he was like that lady was he yelling at him, whatever it was. I can't remember what he did there now. And he forced himself to shake hands with people, that's what he was doing. Yeah, that or he forced he, other people to shake his hand. The woman wasn't yelling at him. No. Sorry. She was just saying, um, I won't shake your hand until you fund. Until you fucking help us. Pretty much. And he said nothing and just forced her to just shake his hand. It was the most awkward fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it was before that. Tensions were really high about the Prime Minister and his lack of action. And uh, so at the time, he would have been not paid for what he was doing. Yeah, because he was is he a volunteer? Yes. Right, okay. He wouldn't have got any compensation for basically risking his life to help everyone else. The Prime Minister was still not taking any action in regards to the fires. They want to be there. Uh, which he... Scott Morrison, 2020. <laughs> so he actually says that too. After he comes up and says, you know, tell the Prime Minister to go get fucked. I'm just going to keep saying that because it's so much fun to say. But after he says that, he says, we're really enjoying doing this shit fuckhead, which I'm like, peak Australia, honestly. <laughs> I uh, haven't heard that part before. <laughs> yeah, no. So the video does continue. Everyone just showed that short snippet of him saying, tell the Prime Minister to go get fucked. But there was more after that. So yeah, he says, we really enjoy doing this fuckhead. And he then drives off. The video... Well, he's got a job to do. No, he was just about to finish his shift. Oh. Later in the video, he can well, be he's seen... he's got to deliver the truck to someone to do their job. Exactly. So, um, yeah, later in the video, he can be seen collapsed on the ground, presumably because he was exhausted. I have seen that footage. At the time, firefighters were doing 15 hours or more a day. Jesus Christ. Um, crazy hours doing really hard physical labor, which... It's hot. You can't breathe. Yeah. Like, I don't... You're always running. You're stressed. We talk a lot about health and safety at workplaces. What's the OHS for exactly. firefighters like? I feel like working more than 15 hours definitely should not be allowed, but 
I guess if you don't have enough volunteers or the resources are stretched, you just do what you have to to get the shit done. You know what I mean? I mean, even if you're working, I can't imagine like you'd be like, well, I've been working for eight hours. The fire is still raging right in front of me. Oh, whatever. I'm due for a break. You guys have got this, right? I mean, a lot of the time it's probably just like, I physically can't even leave if I wanted to because now we're trapped. Uh, I mean, there's also (laughs) that. Uh, We later find out that Paul was actually particularly emotional that day because he failed to save seven homes in his suburb. Mm. So it was a part of his community. He, uh, It's a pretty small town, I think, Nelligan. So probably knew he them probably all. knew them. They were probably his friends or at least knew them in some way, which I can't imagine how breaking, how like heartbreaking that would be. I just, I can't. So the article is actually about the fact that he never has to pay for a beer again. Nice. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so his local pub, which is called the Steam Packet Hotel, which I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Steam Packet. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of the strangest names I've ever heard for a pub. I'll look that up right now. You keep reading. So the the pub continues to praise him and yeah, he hasn't paid for a beer since that clip went viral. Um, so what happens is is people come into the pub and say, we know this is his local. Can we put some money at the bar for the next time he comes in and we'll pay for his beer? Hmm. Apparently it's about 700 bucks has already been left for him. Fuck. Yeah, so people clearly appreciate um him. there are multiple steam packet hotels oh okay steam packet holidays access to a network of over 1200 hotels in uk and ireland weird it must be a thing i've just never heard it before yeah a quote from the licensee of the pub joel a alvey pretty much every day someone comes in and puts their money down telling us to buy a few beers for that bloke that got stuck into the prime minister and so they've there's even someone who isn't related to Paul or anything. I just found out what a steam packet is. Oh, what is it? So a steam packet. A packet or vessel propelled by steam. So it's just an old-timey term for a steamboat. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it must be on the coast, I'm assuming. I didn't actually look up where Nelligan is. Yeah, I'll double check where Nelligan is, but it looks like it's a very English thing. Right, So there's, okay. they've still got like the steam packet company who was a cruise ship operator initially, or right. like a transit. Well, I think they're cruise ships now, they're probably a transport ship back in the day, you know, when people took boats to go to places. Yeah. <laughs> Glad that industry's dead, because otherwise I wouldn't have my job. <laughs> True. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we've got one viewer who's like a steamboat captain god damn it never watching this podcast again <laughs> was it Nelligan Nelligan okay Nelligan New South Wales it ain't far but it's not right on the coast no so you know where Batemans Bay is yes I do and how it's split in half by like a little inlet yes that goes up and around a river and that goes through Nelligan okay but I'd say Nelligan's inland so I mean my I mean, they probably took a steamboat to get up the river way back when. Yeah, probably. Actually, there you go. There, that looks like the township there. So, yeah, it looks like Nelligan might have a river running through it. Which probably leads to the ocean. paddle steamboat used to go up there. Oh, sweet. Okay, well, we uh, solved that mystery <laughs> in regards to people putting down money to buy him a beer. Apparently, someone even started a GoFundMe page so that people outside of the area can also can buy, a beer? buy him a beer. Oh, my God. And in regards to GoFundMe pages, there's actually been another one set up. And I didn't know this previous. Like, I had read stuff about him before, but apparently his house got damaged in the fires, like quite badly. And so people are donating money to him as well to help him rebuild. rebuild. No wonder he was so emotional that day after all of that, not being able to save other houses in the place that he lives and also his own house. Well, it's like that other firefighter that old Morrison tried to force to shake his hand and he they was like, oh, he's probably just tired. And he's like, yeah. no, his house burned down. So, you know, ScoMo definitely has, um, what's, what's the word? Uh, emotional intelligence for sure. Detached from reality. <laughs> Not like the yeah. royal family. <gasps> Scott Morrison probably thinks of himself a bit that way too. That's a, no, let's, <laughs> let's not keep talking about him because, you know. <laughs> I yeah. didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him either. I didn't vote for anyone. Yeah, because you're an alien. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just to clarify, he is not an alien. He is here legally. 
I was just saying that as a joke. <laughs> so Paul's pretty shocked that his outburst became viral in the first place and wasn't expecting all the attention he got from it. He probably thought they're not even going to show this on TV. Well, he swore a lot. So he's probably like, they'll never show this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> However, he doesn't want to take all the praise and he wants to commend his fellow firefighters. So a quote from him is, uh, as far as people donating money and putting a bar tab, I don't want to make money out of this or anything. Every time I go and have a beer, I always shout the rest of the bar. Hmm. There was a lot of people who did work. I wasn't a single hero firefighter. So he sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, that was the whole story. I just thought that was great that this guy who just was really fed up with everything. That was my whole story. Cool. It's done. <laughs> I've got a story that I had issues finding information for as well because turns out trying to find out you think it would be easy. I googled what was when or when was first report of coronavirus in Australia, and all I keep getting is new coronavirus victims oh oh, living in Australia. Oh. I'm like, no one's even died from it in this country yet. It's only eleven people. Yeah, I know. I kind of feel like the mass hysteria is not a proportional response to what is actually happening in bad, this but even country. When, like, like, you got like over a billion people in China, right? And like 66,000 people affected. And I'm like, not even like 1% of the population. I mean, obviously it's not good that <laughs> anyone sick. gets yeah, sick. Yeah, a lot of but... people. But I'm also like, it's not that. I'm like, those numbers sound bad, but like you got to think about how many people are actually in China. Of course the numbers are going to be high. It's not the first time that the world has dealt with an infectious disease. Exactly. Do you know what was happening 100 years ago? What? The Spanish flu. Oh, segue! <laughs> Spanish flu quarantine camp in Adelaide in 1919 was more party than shore. Written accounts show. Mm. So the story comes from a Malcolm Sutton, ABC News slash ABC Radio Adelaide. Shout out to Red, who I know listens to this podcast now. Friend of the pod. Yeah, he's in Adelaide. So just worked out. But sure, I decided to do a story about Adelaide to celebrate that. <laughs> All right, so I've written here, first note, coronavirus bad, Spanish flu worse. And hopefully it stays that way. I don't want to come back. And That's like going to be the most simplified thing I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. <laughs> People are scared about the coronavirus. Compared to the Spanish flu, though, not too bad so far. Hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully I don't Hang have on. to bite those words. Is the Spanish flu the plague? No. No. It is a strain of influenza, much like coronavirus. I understand it's basically an influenza kind of thing. Well, from what I understood, it was more of a respiratory thing. Hmm... So I, from what I read, I'm not an expert, obviously, but it starts out as flu-like and then it can progress to a respiratory infection. Right. Okay. So that's why it's like, if you have trouble breathing or anything like that, that's why you should like take it seriously. Mm. And I think that's the part that's killing people, not the flu-like yeah. symptoms. Okay. So the Spanish flu. How many people do you think were infected by the Spanish flu? I had no idea. <sighs> These numbers are like... I was going to say, I'm assuming they're really big numbers yeah. and I probably won't even guess anywhere Go, near. Just grab one. Uh, in Australia, are we talking about? Worldwide. Well, uh, worldwide. It had to be millions. Yeah. Yeah. Like 20 million. Not even close. No, not even close. Way okay. higher. <laughs> you didn't even get close to the number of who died. Oh, wow. Okay. Spanish flu. I, I knew it was bad. I never really liked how bad till I did this article. 500 million people worldwide were affected by the Spanish flu. Hang on. So 100 years ago, mm-hmm. how many people were there? I don't know. Because like, I have to think that that's a fairly large portion of the population no there is actually a comparison at one point to how many died in one city in australia compared to the equivalent of the population today so we'll get to that later okay that's kind of cool cool. (laughs) yeah so of the 500 million people infected about 50 to 100 million were estimated to have died Fifteen thousand of those were in australia and like keep in mind this was 100 years ago a lot of these countries weren't super developed census data probably wasn't super accurate also there was a war going on which is actually why it was so bad Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. That was part of why. So, so it turned up at basically the end of World War One. Spanish flu rocks up. Excellent. So the only thing believed, believed, and again, we can't prove it because it happened way back in the 1300s, is the plague to have killed more people. 
but we're not certain because okay. obviously you don't have accurate numbers from that time of like because sure. it was fucking 1300s no one was and like i'm sure like record keeping data. was either at its beginning or near non-existent depends i guess on which town and which kingdom and which yeah <laughs> yeah it went a long time so and they were probably busy thinking about other things at the time like not dying mm. Mm. yeah so spanish flu starts at the end of 1918 which is the year world war one ended i believe off the top of my head i'm fairly certain so it actually started at the end of the war and was it turns out a really good place for flu to spread is in the trenches of a war zone so all these soldiers on the front line are getting inflicted with spanish flu so at the start of the war you're losing like hundreds of thousands of men every couple of days to like bombing and by the end of it you're probably losing hundreds and thousands to flu um, Jesus Christ. however because there was a war on no one's talking to each other right so they're not talking about the flu so no one knows how bad it is until yeah. it gets to them i'm assuming except for spain because spain wasn't in the war but they were the so mo- the only country really talking about this bad flu was spain hence why people call it the spanish flu because everyone thought it was the worst there right it was, just, it was bad everywhere but spain not being in a war was like fuck man this flu's really bad so we're did, all dying did it start in spain it sounds to me like it started in the trenches and it just spread through Europe. Right, okay. So, I don't know. I didn't look that far up. Uh, and it was noted at the time as being an odd flu as it was killing healthy, fit young men and women. Because normally flu kills babies, people with weak immune systems, and the elderly. Yeah. So, already weird. Uh, you know what coronavirus doesn't do? It also just kills babies, people with weak immune systems, and the elderly. So, not as bad as the Spanish flu yet. Yet. Diseases to change and evolve. Uh, so, Spanish flu first arrived in... In Australia, in Melbourne, around January 9th to 10th, 1919. And I thought to myself, that sounds really familiar to about the first case of coronavirus in Australia. And I couldn't prove it, but I'm fairly certain the first case was in Melbourne about three weeks ago. When was three weeks ago? About January 9th to 10th. I was like, interesting. Is this a conspiracy? (laughs) Um, However, they weren't actually sure if it was the Spanish flu as it was a really mild case. So that's another reason why it's spread so far. Because all these soldiers are fighting in the war, get sick, carry it. And then they go back home to their countries in the war. Yeah. So that spreads it worldwide. Okay, so I'm assuming that the flu already existed. Yes, that's existed Obviously. for a long time. Obviously. So they probably just thought they were getting the average flu. It shouldn't, but it was really it was striking down healthy people, the people not normally killed by flu. But flus. I'm like, how long did it take for Spanish, like from, you know, infection to death? I how didn't long look that was up, that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because like, I'm thinking if it was not, if it was a slow burn and not like an immediate, you know, Well, like I said, struck the first down. people in Melbourne with it had a mild case. So they, it was causing a delayed reaction because they weren't even sure if it was Spanish flu or just regular flu. Right. Which allowed it to spread to South Australia and New South Wales. Quoting the article here directly, which annoyed leaders of the newly federated states so much they closed the borders and withdrew from an early agreement to allow the federal government to take control of the situation. So South Australia and New South Wales were fucking pissed at Victoria for infecting them with Spanish. Flu. I mean, I, I can understand so, why they might be pissed about that. <laughs> so a lot of these excerpts come from a souvenir book entitled Normal, um, which was written by a Jubilee Oval Camp publication committee. So a lot of this is like written accounts of people at the time and what right, it was okay. like in Australia. Yeah. So Australians go on holiday in Melbourne at the time. No, I'm still quoting the thing directly here, sorry. So South Australians on holiday in Melbourne at the time found the gates had closed behind them. So well, let's go to Victoria for a holiday. It's the summer. Oh, we can't go back to Adelaide. We're locked out. Um, yeah. So the South Australians, they get stuck in Victoria and they start asking to be let back into South Australia. And they're like bargaining. They're like, oh, we'll go wait on an island till we make clear. So like Kangaroo Island or even where the World War One soldiers were all being held on a different island. So like, we'll just go hang out with them. And I'm like... And they let them? No. Okay. What they did instead... We'll get to it. Quoting again directly the article. Some of the newspapers openly hinted that since... Oh, sorry. This is a direct quote from the book. Some of the newspapers openly hinted that since we had run away for a holiday in that Victorian cesspool of disease, we should be <laughs> left there to stew in our own juice till the epidemic was over. 
whatever. So Victoria is now being labelled as a cesspool of disease by the oh, other two excellent. states. <laughs> Don't see that on the tourism boards anymore. No. <laughs> um, so eventually, after negotiations and they were all signing declarations, these holiday makers were finally allowed to go back to South Australia by the government. And they were escorted back to Adelaide on a guarded train full of all these possibly infected people. Uh, and they get set up at somewhere that was, it's now known as the former Jubilee Oval, next to the Torrens River in the middle of downtown Adelaide. So imagine if like, you know where the casino is here in Melbourne? If that was a stadium and that's where all the infected people got put. That's kind of the oh equivalent, God, okay. I think. So I think it's just in North, so Melbourne's, sorry, Adelaide CBD is all surrounded by like little parks and forests and stuff. It's really cool. The North part's a bit weird. It's got another little, so it's all gridded. And then North Adelaide's like a separate little CBD by itself on a weird angle, surrounded by more parkland over the other side of the river. Okay. And I think that's where they put them along that side of the bank. I think there's a stadium there now. It's not called Jubilee Oval. So we have 640 people in this camp. And the camp is consisting of some 100 military tents equipped with bedding, lighting, water, showers, bar- sorry, shower baths, a telephone, for one telephone for all 640 people. Oh my God, okay. And a post office. Okay. Uh, they also so they had- set up a post office in there? Yes. Okay. It's 1919. Mm-hmm. It's the email, basically. <laughs> Where So that's all set up on top of full-time catering staff, guards, nurses, and doctors. Okay. So initially, all these people arrive at the camp, and they're like, oh, shit, I'm going to get infected. I'm going to die in here. However, Are you about to tell me that that's what happened? Quickly, the mood changes. Everyone settles into what was basically an extended holiday. Oh, so this is a party time. Spanish flu quarantine camp in Adelaide was more party than chore. Yeah, I just remember the headline. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so they just went in there and had like a massive party for like how long? Yeah, I mean, by my standards, it's a pretty lame party, but they were having a fun time by the sounds of it. Look, it's 1919. They're probably doing the best with what they had. (laughs) So the routine for most people apparently was wake up, have a bath, have breakfast. There were thermometer drills for women. I guess learning to take temperatures. Mm-hmm. Meetings for those allowed to go to meetings. I don't know what that means, but okay, men probably. They would then all disinfect the tents and take out the bins. That was it. That was the morning routine. Then they got free time. So they'd have like writing and poetry competitions. Oh, that's so cute. And shit. And they're like just having a merry old time hanging out there. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of Adelaide is like, there's all these sick people in the middle of our bloody city. What the hell? So everyone outside of, of the them. stadium is like terrified that they're yeah. going to get sick. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got all these guys inside going, this is a great yeah. time. Well, the people on the outside, <laughs> they keep sitting in fresh fruit and supplies and stuff like the post office. However, there start to be rumors coming out that the people inside are infected and they're trying to escape and they've attacked the front gate trying to get out. Where do these None of this start? is true. People, hey, think about all the fear-mongering rumors we hear. Yeah, and keep it. Think about it at the time as well, like how slow news would travel. You would just hear most things word of mouth, so you'd yeah, be like, true. How easy it would be? So it'd be just like one person who gets like some, and you can't just go idea. on your phone and double check if that's right or not. Yeah. Oh so. wow, what a time it was. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so quoting again, Adelaide was thinking that we were a terrible plague spot, the abode of a sort of human swine fever, wrote the authors of some of the journal entries in this book. It seemed to visualize germs marching in millions over our bodies and believe that we were like lepers doomed to eternal uncleanliness. We suspected that if the truth were known, the attack on the gates would come from the outside as thousands of citizens endeavored to get in a share of our good fortune. So they didn't want people to know what was really happening inside. They didn't want to leave. They are having (laughs) a great time. Because <laughs> it's not costing them anything. It's all paid for by the government. Oh my god. So they really were just having a holiday in there. It came to be known as the Great Picnic. Wait, was anyone <laughs> actually infected in there? We'll get to that. Okay. People started eventually getting cleared to leave the camp. And as I said, they didn't want to go. It started getting called the Great Picnic. 
and they really really didn't want to go back to their old lives you know where like they actually had to like go to work and do shit and not have fresh fruit and riding competitions and not really having to do much of your day um apparently though some people had actually tried to escape earlier i guess camp life's not for everyone so they're like throwing shit over the walls and like talking to people through the holes in the fences and this guy the authorities basically went impressed with that they're like we let you back in and now you're trying to get out kind of thing you're a health hazard to the entire state what the fuck are you doing yeah and they're like if you don't behave we'll send you somewhere else and the conditions won't be as good kind of thing right which is actually part of the contract they signed to be led into the country in the first place saying like if you fuck up we'll send you somewhere else and it'll be it'll be a bad time i don't understand why you'd want to leave if you didn't really have to do very much i don't know some people don't like being locked up i mean fair enough yeah so that's that's the great picnic so we come to my closing passage now so in South Australia, 540 people were killed by Spanish flu. Okay. Which is equivalent to 15,000 South Australians today. I feel like that's not a large percentage. I mean, I think Adelaide's got a population of about a million. Yeah. So, but still. So 40% of Australia at the time got infected. But I'm assuming a lot of people recovered. Yeah, only 2.7% per 1,000 people died, uh, which was actually the lowest recorded fatality rate of any country affected by it. I was just about to ask that question because that sounds very low and from my understanding it was really bad. Um, So of the people at the Jubilee Oval quarantine camp, 100% of them were not carrying or infected by the flu. Are you serious? They just fucking had a sick party at the end of their holiday. How pissed would the government have been after that? (laughs) Especially because, like, the amount of people in the camp is what died outside of the camp. So you've made this camp because you think you need to quarantine these people. All the people you quarantine don't even have the disease. Cost you a bunch of money. Had a great time, a party while they're in there. Meanwhile, everyone outside is dying. Yep. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) But they came from the cesspool of Victoria. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's uh, that's pretty funny. (laughs) So yeah, that's the great picnic. So, uh, okay, I guess that's something to think about when uh, you think, well, you know, this is the thing, you know, there is a virus of some kind now, coronavirus. I did actually see an article written by a woman, Chinese-Australian woman. I haven't read it yet, but I'm like, maybe it'll be a good follow-up comparison article. She's in the camp on Christmas Island at the moment, and she's writing about what it's like there. So I'd love to know what the conditions are like for them, because I bet you it's not like that at all. I have a feeling it's probably not very good at all. It's probably just still being used as the regular detention center they put all the boat people on. Okay, so we're saying that over time we treat people worse. I guess. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but I feel like it's one of those things that you kind of have to laugh at. Or I mean, that was cry. the state government doing that as well, not the federal. Wow, okay. That's interesting. That's interesting uh, how we dealt with it differently. Obviously, like what they did was not ideal because they didn't actually quarantine anyone that had the disease. They didn't know that, though. They didn't know that, though. That's true. They thought they would... I, I get it. Like They were like, we'll just be safe than sorry. Like We don't know that the people on bloody Christmas Island even have the disease. It might turn out the same thing. None of them are carrying it. That's true. Hopefully that is the case. Um, and they've just got to spend two weeks on fucking Christmas Island. Hopefully. I mean... Which is closer to Indonesia than mainland Australia. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the, uh, what I feel like, well, I don't know, actually. I was going to say global, but I don't know what the reaction is of any other country. But Australia is definitely in hysteria right now. Yeah, we've only got 11 infected cases. Yeah, like, it's not a, it's not really a thing here. I know and some place. I saw a um, Singaporean artist cancelled his trip to the Philippines because of it. Uh, the Hong Kong Sevens has been delayed. I get that, though, because they're much yeah, closer to China. They well, they are China, Look, depending on who you ask. I don't think it's worth having this argument. <laughs> Japan's had its first death. Okay. In the past couple of days, I think. No one in Australia has died yet, have they? No. And, in fact, we're now starting to see people being released from hospital because they've recovered. Are we? Yeah, I think okay. I read the other day that two people had been released. Cool. There's really, I mean, there's not no reason for people to be worried, but there's very minimal reasons for people Unless to be worried. Unless you are literally in China. 
you're probably going to be okay. Yeah. I just um I just keep seeing They're up to 48 cities they've locked down now. I just keep seeing people like panicking, mostly on social media, but like It's interesting because they got so many weird. people in China. I think I was reading something like 6% of the world's population because of how many people China has is currently yeah. in lockdown. That's crazy but to I also think, think about, it's isn't it? It's crazy that China could just do that. They're like, "Oh, I'm going to lock down because like, there's, so, there's so many people." Yeah. And they're like, "No, we can just do it." How weird. And as I was telling you before, they're like driving trucks with like cannons on the back through the streets, just spraying disinfectant on everything. That's crazy to think about as well. Yeah. But, you know, people want to still sit on social media and cry about how China's lying to us and they're not doing anything. They're definitely doing stuff. Yeah. Are they lying about the amount of people infected and stuff? Maybe. But I'm fairly confident they're like, they're, what they're doing is probably going to be quite beneficial to me living outside the country. Yeah. Might be a bit shitty for our own citizens. It's got like, they're not going to just be like, oh, we're going to let it out. <laughs> this is yeah, how, exactly. This is how we're going to take down the West. Because one, it's killing their own people. So it looks really bad on them anyway, and they really don't want a bad world image at this time. Okay, well, from let's move from diseases to murder. Oh. How's that for a segue? This story is probably about, how, I don't want to say the most famous. Famous is such the wrong word. Infamous. This is probably one of the most well-known cold cases that Australia has. Okay. Do you know which one I'm going to talk about? It's not really a cold case anymore. That Unsolved. Let's say unsolved. What year? In the early 80s. It's not dingoes. That's a solved case. <laughs> Is it? Now? Okay. It was deemed that she did not, like that yeah. Dingo actually did kill That's the baby. What no. This is about the disappearance of Lynette Dawson. Who? I can't believe you don't know that. <laughs> well, in my defense, I was neither in Australia nor alive in the 80s. I wasn't alive at that time either. You were alive in the 80s. Not when this happened. In Australia. Not when this happened. I was not born yet. Carry on. Okay, so I'm going to give a little background on the case, just in case, like, Me. CJ, you've never heard of this before. However, I think that would be a very tiny percentage of people. <laughs> But I'll give a little bit of a backstory before I go into the story that I found about it. What I'm about to say is really as summarized as I could make it. There are obviously a thousand details to this story. This is just a really quick summary. In 1982, Lynette Dawson disappeared after being dropped off at a bus stop so that she could return clothes in Chatswood. Six weeks later, she was reported missing by her husband, Chris Dawson. Excuse me? Six weeks later. I was about to say, it didn't her work, but she probably didn't have a job. I don't have the answer to that, but probably not at that time. She kind of, because her work would be like, what the hell is our staff member? I didn't write it in the summary, but there was some talk of her husband saying that she ha he had heard from her that she was going to stay with a friend and all this other stuff. But I'm like, you hadn't cited your wife in six weeks, but you wait, like you waited six weeks. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you hadn't seen your wife who you live with, I mean, how long would you wait? You get home like 10 minutes later, I'm starting to think, hmm. That's what I mean. It, it just, it seems really odd that you would wait that long, no? Yeah. Not trying to say anything, but I'm just saying that that's a little strange. Their relationship at this point had been on the rocks though. This, this might start sounding familiar once I say this, but he was having an affair with one of his students. He was a high school teacher. Gross. So that part isn't alleged that happened. Okay. He started having an affair with one of his, one of his students who was 17 at the time. She was in year 12. So not only is it an affair, he's also sleeping with a minor. Yes. It's actually really messed up, the whole thing, because he let the student stay at his house when she had trouble at home. She also stayed with his brother. So the whole thing was really really weird was this staying at his house in the six weeks where his wife wasn't there no i think this is previous his wife knew about it okay. probably to his wife she probably thought oh she's having a hard time and my husband's trying to do this really nice thing do you know what i mean like 
I still assume that teachers have bonds with their students that aren't sexual like this. So she probably really did think that he was trying to help this poor girl out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? As like a father figure, not a whatever the hell he was doing. As a father, not a daddy. Exactly. Jesus Christ. So Chris Dawson sought legal advice after Lynette had been missing for just over a year and got a divorce. So he was clearly very heartbroken. Doesn't about- care. He pro- maybe he was, if he didn't do it, he was probably just like, well, she must have just left me. If the manager was going badly. Possibly. Um, I do think that... I can understand that train of thought if he was like, she must have just left me. But I also think... I think that... I, I think he's quite suspect. I think at this point, if no one from her family has heard from her, if not a single person that she knows that you know of has heard from her, that's, a bit that's weird. weird. Mm. I would think it would be safe to assume that there's something more going on. That something had happened, not that she had just left. I guess it still is possible that she just wanted to leave and start afresh. Yeah. I mean, that does kind of make some sense. But I still think that that's quite quick to just give up on her and their marriage after she had literally disappeared. Mm. But whatever. Because immediately after the divorce, he, he married, married the, the student. Yeah. Whichever way you look at it, that doesn't look good for him. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he married the student, but they divorced nine years later. And she alleges that Chris Dawson tried to hire a hitman to kill his wife. Huh. I've definitely heard this in cases before where a husband tries to get rid of his wife to start a new relationship with the side piece. You just get a divorce. That's a simple answer. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to give her half. So, you should have just had a prenup signed initially. I'm sorry. He's a teacher. How much money could he have really had? They did live in Bayview, so they might have some money. It wasn't even until 2001 that Lynette Dawson's disappearance was deemed to be a murder um, and that it was likely she was killed by someone she knew. Right. Okay. It had been an open cold case for that long. So she suspected missing. Yeah. At that point, she was suspected missing, but there was an inquiry held in 2001 that did say she was murdered. Okay. I guess because it had been nearly 20 years and not a trace had been found of her. She hadn't used her bank account. No one had seen her. So no charges were laid against Mr. Dawson until 2018. So at this point, it is alleged that he did years later almost. kill her. The reason that he was uh, actually arrested, though, is crazy because it was all because of a podcast. The charges were laid after the Australian produced a podcast named The Teacher's Pet, which was probably like the first big crime podcast that came out. There was another one as well, like an American one. I was going to say that only covered a single case. Yeah. But I thought there was like one about like in America about like a serial killer and got someone arrested. That was popular like back in 2017. I, I, I can't remember. I'll have to look it up. The teacher's pet uncovered new evidence that implicated him as the murderer. Right. So it's kind of crazy to think about. So there was a time where the teacher's pet wasn't available to listen to because... It was in court. It was in court. Uh, the court case isn't over, by the way, but it is back up. I checked before we recorded. Okay. So it's just kind of crazy that a podcast was the reason that someone got arrested in a long-standing cold case. This is kind of kind of crazy. Currently, Chris Dawson is getting ready to stand trial for his wife's murder and has pleaded not guilty. So he still claims that he had nothing to do with it, which I guess remains to be seen. I mean, it'd be weird to turn around after all these years and be like, yeah, I did it. I don't think anyone's going to stand up and say, yeah, I totally did. I know, right? (laughs) So that's all the background I'm going to give for this because that was already kind of long and... Obviously, there are so many other details that I, like I could have concluded. If you want to know more about the case, obviously, I highly recommend listening to The Teacher's Pet because it does a deep dive of like 16 episodes into everything that they know. So the actual story that I found this week was um, about a psychic who thinks she knows where, her, where Lynette's body is. Okay. 
I can feel you're uh, you know you're not convinced. <laughs> mm. So psychic medium Debbie Malone believes she knows where Lynette Dawson's body is buried after visiting the home. I, when I first read this, I obviously didn't. I I skimmed it. But I was like, oh, so she's like, this is getting some popularity. I don't know where the body is now. She's yeah. trying to cash in from a recent uh, court case, right? No, this has been going on for quite some time. Hmm. So Debbie says that she felt the spirit of Lynette Dawson after watching an episode of ABC Australian Story that aired in 2003. Okay. Um, And she knew for sure after seeing that, that she was like, the Lynette Dawson was dead. At the time, she contacted the ABC to offer assistance. Okay. This was when she was able to meet Lynette Dawson's siblings and the New South Wales police detective Damien Loon, which I'm sorry, is a brilliant name for a detective. I also have a person coming from one of my stories with a fantastic name relating to the story. <laughs> so she used personal items of Mrs. Dawson's to connect to her energy and came to the conclusion that she was either buried at her Bayview home or somewhere very close by. I'm going to add at this point in the story and say that in 2018, they did dig up the Bayview property and didn't find her. Okay. I guess read into that what you want. A quote from Debbie. I felt that she was located near or in an area close to the big rock at the back of the house near the fire trail. It was It's somewhere in this vicinity. So I didn't read anything about them digging up anywhere outside of the home. Okay. Who knows? There, She's even part of the trial. Mm. She is being called to give evidence saying that she knows that she's there somewhere very close by. So I just thought that was kind of crazy. I mean, that is the whole story. Uh, so the story was just as long as the background. But, so sorry for that. But she's so convinced that she knows that her body is there somewhere. It just makes you wonder, like, how do they find bodies? I think that's a crazy story. Dogs. Can you use cadaver dogs when it would literally be a skeleton? No. So how else do they do it? Do they literally just have to dig up everything? I guess you would. You'd have to hope. You could Which use, they're probably you not going to do. hope she's got metal on and use it a detector. So basically, the only way that they would know if she was there would to be dig up the entire area, which they're probably not going to... Is it feasible to do it kind of thing? Exactly. Are they allowed? How much environmental damage is it going to cause? Because if it's private property and they're like someone's backyard, whatever. But if it's now on like public land in like a forest area, then it's like how much environmental damage are you going to cause digging up the bloody area? And you don't know for sure that it's there. You don't know for sure that you're actually going to find anything. Like it's all well and good that this psychic is saying that she knows it, but that doesn't necessarily make it fact. Mm. so i don't know what do you think it's pretty wild she's been thinking about it for this long yeah i don't know i think he definitely did it he won't ever confess i think he'll go to prison and we'll never know where she was that's really heartbreaking though well i mean yes uh, yeah it is heartbreaking but i'm also like saying that we've got a family friend and her brother went missing and he was eventually found years later in a forest so it can happen do you but like when he was found did that give the family closure yeah because that's the thing like He, he like took his own life yeah from a tree but did they know that before they found the body i don't think so it, it, that's what i mean like i think finding the body is such a important part in those cases because it it does it gives you closure and you know what happened yeah like it may not be like it's it's not good obviously because you still like get an answer without it like you'd always have that little part of you that's like maybe she's still alive somewhere maybe they come back yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of cruel i think so too it's a it's obviously a really sad case and like i said it's it's a pretty well-known case there's a podcast on it. There's lots of details. But, I mean, I do think it's a little sus that he pretty much straight away married the student he was having an affair with. Even if you take all of the murder out of this case, that's still fucked up. Yeah. Like, she would have been of legal age when they got married, but not when they started the affair. Plus, he was a teacher in a position of power, taking advantage of a young girl. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I got a, um, I got a guy I used to play Belfield with, actually. He met his wife when she was like, he used to walk past her garden on the way to school and she'd be out watering her plants. 
And then eventually they ended up getting married. I mean, I guess it's a bit different when it happens later. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything happened while he was still in high school. That's what I mean. Like, okay, say he, you know, re-seen, like, he's, he's seen the student somewhere five years after she graduated. Like, still not as weird. No. Still weird, but not still as weird. weird. Still weird, but not as weird. I'm not saying the age gaps are wrong either, obviously, since we have <laughs> a pretty big age gap between us. But it's different when you're a full-grown adult yeah. who, you know, is in charge of their own life and their own decisions. Not when you're a teenage girl still in high school, obviously having some issues with their family, and then a much older man comes in and takes advantage of that. Yeah. And it is different. It's different. Like, you know, like you hear like 20 year olds with like a 17 year old or a 16 year old girlfriend, you're like, that's fucking weird. That's gross. But it also, it's only a four year difference or a three year difference. But there's like a big difference between a 17 year old and a 20 year old. A lot happens to a person those yeah, years. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like, I, I still think that that. But, but if it's like happen. a 20 year old and a 23 year old, you're like, yeah, whatever. That's normal. But that's different because you're full grown mm. adults who I are know. independent and have their own life. Yeah. I Do you think know what I mean? Yeah, I just think it's interesting, Alex. It's the same time difference, but like the people are very different. I don't even think about like what the difference between like who I was when I was 16, 17, and yeah. 20, and then 23. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot happens and your maturity level does shift quite quickly during those ages. Mm. Like not saying that a 20-year-old is completely mature, but you still have different life experiences than a 16-year-old yeah. who's just been in school. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it still sits wrong with me. <laughs> Obviously, that's a complicated topic and not really what we're talking about because he was much older than her. And a murderer. Probably. You have to say alleged. Allegedly. (laughs) Right. Well, my next story is also my second and third story because they're kind of related. So you've grouped them together? I've grouped them together. Okay. I think I know which ones these are. These are the ones that I sent you. You sent me these, yeah. <laughs> I found them and I just thought it was so funny that this is apparently such an issue. Yep, so, this, this so we're going from murder to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are in New Zealand. So don't worry, anyone in Australia. Your pools are fine for now. Hunt on for mystery. Pool pooper. Or pool pooper. March 17th, 2015. So these are some old stories. I'm just going to read the first line of the article out verbatim and you can laugh when you see if it's appropriate. Hunt on for mystery pool pooer. Invercargill's Splash Palace oh my God. has lost tens of thousands in revenue after a mystery pooper has pooped in the pool five Fridays in a row. Splash Palace. Obviously someone who goes there every Friday just really needs to shit at the same time. Use the pool's toilet facilities. <laughs> yeah, Not obviously. the pool as a toilet facility. <laughs> One night, several weeks prior, this is me adapting the script here, logs dropped in three of the pools oh God. in one night. <laughs> so now I'm going to read directly quotes from a Pete Thompson. City Council Aquatic Services Manager Pete Thompson said, I was going to try and do this all in like a Kiwi accent, but I don't think I could do it. Because my <laughs> Kiwi accent's very um, selective when it likes to come out. Pete Thompson had this to say. They did one in the leisure pool, and we moved the kids to the learner's pool. And they did one in the learner's pool, and we moved the kids to the main pool. And one appeared in the main pool. So we had to shut the whole thing down. In one of those pools was diarrhea. Oh my god, That was unfortunate. There was a pause. That was unfortunate. So I'm like, sounds like kids. Yeah. But it's not the kids. So when a poop is found in a public pool, you gotta, at least at this place, they shut the pool down for a minimum of six hours. Mm-hmm. to clean it so okay. it's nice to know that like they thoroughly clean these bloody things when like someone well, shits I'd hope so because like how many people are going to get pink eye if you go into a fucking or pool that's E-coli. got E. coli or whatever yeah yeah. <laughs> it is unclear if it's one or more culprits pool staff are closing in on the offenders quoting so Pete again so do they think that people are working together to shit in the pools yes <laughs> well I mean how could one person in quick succession do three shits in three different pools <laughs> what have they been eating Or are they just like, are they like pooping half out, cutting it off with a pinch and then moving to the next pool and finishing the job? Like half loaded, just like crowning the whole walk? (laughs) 
But so do they really think that like at least three people got together and were like, yeah, let's shit in the pool. Teenagers are weird. I mean, that is true. Can't say that as a teenager I ever thought that was a good idea, but <laughs> see, it generally happens after five PM each Friday night. Like so the kitties are in bed. <laughs> there are certain sports groups that use the facility at that time of day. Suspicious. If we do manage to, dare I say, catch someone in the act, we will seek compensation, Thompson said. So they actually get compensation. They have to catch the person who's pooping, and they gotta prove they were doing it deliberately. How the fuck can you prove that? Well, I guess a person over a certain age would not deliberately shit in a pool. Like, yeah, but like they might have some kind of condition where they can't control it. Well, then they should be doing something to prevent themselves from shitting in a pool. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm sure there's like plenty of reasons that people can say, oh, I couldn't help it. Yeah, no, but like so it, you're a grown adult, like, you should have the foresight to tell when you need to go to the bathroom. But that sounds like it'd be really hard to prove that they deliberately shat yeah. in the pool. So that was reported on March 17th, 2015. 66 days later, on March 22nd, 2015, the Otago Daily Times reports, pool closed 14 times by pool, by poo. What's going on? Like, why is there so much shit in pools in New Zealand? I don't know. But Otago is right next to the area that Invercargill's in. So I'm suspect. Oh, so it's probably the same serial pooper. It could pooper. be related. Queenstown is the latest swimming centre closed week after week by a serial pooper or poopers. The main pool in the facility has been closed 14 times this year alone. Listen, I'm sorry, but what joy would you get out of shitting in a pool? Maybe you own the pool cleaning company. <gasps> oh <Conspiracy>. my god. <laughs> The main pool, yeah, four times this year alone because of fecal contamination, while the learners and lap pools were closed one each. So kids, there's not little kids doing it. But they're doing it in the kids' pool? Well, they're little kids. I feel like you can give them some leeway, but only once for the whole year. Okay. So, so I mean, actually, happen. that's probably like a pretty good um, statistic, really. I assume they'd be quite low because like kids shit themselves. Apparently, um, there's like swim diapers they get little kids to wear when they're doing the instructing thing. So they, oh, if they okay. shit themselves in the pool. It doesn't go in the pool. It's contained. To a right, but I would still assume that you might have kids who are starting to be like toilet trained that would potentially probably shit themselves that, in the pool. Yeah, like a five-year-old. So I feel like once in a year in the kids' pool is actually probably pretty low. Yeah, I yeah. it's pretty good. So, uh, so each shit is costing the centre in revenue and cleanup fees two hundred to one thousand New Zealand dollars. Jesus, expensive poop. Yeah, I wouldn't think it would cost that much. Uh, the article then goes on to mention Splash Palace hitting international headlines in March for its mystery pooper. <laughs> So that implies to me that they still hadn't found them by March. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Queenstown Lakes District Council spokeswoman, aptly named Michelle Poole, said, Oh, no. <laughs> it's obvious very difficult to ascertain who exactly the contamination originated from each time, but due to the large number of incidents after school hours and that all toddlers must wear swim nappies, we believe it's likely to be an older child or small number of children whose parents mistakenly believe they're no longer in need of toilet reminders. I mean, that's a possibility. But like, it would still like it would like consistently keeps happening. That's what I, that's what I was just thinking. Unless it's like the same kid that just keeps getting it wrong. And if so, don't you think the parents would go, "Look, okay, maybe we'll skip the pool until you figure out how to shit properly." <laughs> maybe the parents don't know. Or that. What if they're like shitting and going, oh no, and then just like scooping it somewhere else? That'd be worse if the parents knew. But it could just be the kid being like, "Oh, blip, lets it out. Let's swim away from Floats that." To the top swims off. <laughs> Just fucking minding our business in a public pool and this fucking big brown shark floats past. Uh, no! That, I'm um, never going to a public pool Eddie ever Murphy's again. Delirious. Eddie Murphy's delirious, which you probably can't really watch him all these days. That hasn't aged well. No, it hasn't at but all. There's a thing in that where he's talking about how like him and his brother like used to play the fart game in the tub. It's a dangerous game. And then one of them shat in the tub and he was like, and then a big brown shark came. <laughs> 
Yeah, I actually recently re-listened to that and it does not age well. Don't listen to it now. So pool patron Mari Waring, who brings her two kids to the pool for weekly swimming lessons, said, It's been closed a lot recently, but you can't blame the pool. The staff are being more vigilant and it's just and it's just how it goes. She said, you know, people shit in the pool, it happens. <laughs> At least, like, they're understanding. <laughs> We've been swimming when it's happened. And she takes two kids Ew. to the pool. Ew. Everyone's told to get out immediately. And they all do. Immediately. Because I can imagine the kind of, get out of the pool, someone's shouting it. Ah! Oh, yeah. I'd just, I'd scream and want to get there as soon as possible. You know those scenes in Jaws where they call shark and it was like flipping. Oh, my God. But it's like a poop instead. Life goes, poop! Someone needs to make that movie. Ah! I'm sure there's a skit somewhere. (laughs) There's a bit of my own writing here because I just felt like using a bit of alliteration. But people placed in proximity to prolific pool poopers during periods of production i.e. the people who are at the pool at the same time at Shatton, they are getting refunds. Okay. Uh, they get a free swim voucher or they can swim in an alternative pool. However, I will note that the article words it in such a way that it sounds like only the people who vacate the pool after it's been advised there's a shit in it are the ones getting the refunds, which to me implies some people are not getting out of the pool. No. <laughs> I refuse to accept that. Why would you stay in a pool that you know has got a shit in it? Because I paid to use the pool. It's over there. I'll be fine. I'll just avoid the little poop floating in the corner. Oh, no. Don't swim in shark and shit infested waters. <laughs> Those two things are very important to steer clear of. <laughs> Why is it that our stories come back to shit? I know. Should have called just, this the Shit Me Dead podcast. Should have. Should have. <laughs> it was an error. I mean, at the time, I didn't know how many stories we were going to do that included shit. I just think it's weird that, like... Poop is apparently newsworthy. There's so many articles about people shit themselves. There are so many articles about fucking shit. Okay, not fucking shit. Just shit. I'm sure we can find articles on that too. Oh, no. I don't want to. I want to avoid those. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how I learned last night there's that Kermit the Frog video on that Pornhub. Ew! With a chicken sandwich. Hang on, wait. The puppet has a dick? I don't know. It's just the Is this like a homemade Kermit puppet with a dick? Attached to it? No, it was in that article I was reading by the person I used to go to high school with, and she mentioned she saw one video on there called Kermit the Frog Fucks a Chicken Sandwich, and she watched it. She didn't give much details, but she said that's exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, you know, I, I'm curious, but not curious enough to actually want to see it, so it will just remain a mystery, <laughs> unless someone else tells us. <laughs> oh, lordy. Okay. My last story, which is the last story. Is today. it going to cleanse the palate? It, it is. It is. It's it's a fun story. Like, don't worry. There's no... No No, poop. no, 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 no murder. Poop. No murder. No Kermit the Frog. No one gets hurt. No one... Loses a toe. No. Like, it's it's a very wholesome that story. story. Where she lost her toe. Yeah, that poor woman. Okay. I picked this story, and even though this is one from the archives, this happened in 2014, I picked it... Because I know that CJ likes goats, and this I is about a goat. I love goats. Is this about Gary? It is about Gary <gasps> the goat. Gary! Rest <laughs> in peace, Gary. He's dead? Gary died. When? A couple of years ago. Oh, poor Gary. He had, like, he had like a cancer or something to get put down. Okay, well, that's sad. Sorry. Okay. Gary the goat's owner is a comedian called Jimbo Bazubi. How I presume. I assume that's his comedian name and not what he was given. Obviously. <laughs> But he was fined after Gary was caught eating flowers outside of Sydney's Museum of Contemporary Art. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing you could get fined for. <laughs> it's a goat. Yeah, exactly. It's going to eat shit. It doesn't say it in the article, but I'm like, was he just had taken his goat for a walk? He does just take his goat around. I mean, got to get goat exercise. Do you know yeah. how he got Gary? No. I think he traded him for a slab of beer or something. <laughs> In like a pub somewhere in a town. It's like either he like won him in a game or like as a prize or like and they like traded like a slab of beer for a goat. 
I mean, I'm assuming the slab of beer was worth it. Well, whoever sold him the goat sold him a slab of beer. Okay, there was a slab so, of beer and a goat. So I think he won a slab of beer at a pub or something, and then someone said, I'll give you a goat for it. And he's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and that's how I got Gary the goat. I mean, I did Google him because I hadn't heard of him before, and it sounds exactly like the kind of thing that he would do. Mm. <laughs> Jimbo decided that the fine was ridiculous and took the case to court in an attempt to get it cancelled. Gary came to court with him wearing a very stylish rainbow hat, <laughs> but Gary was asked to wait outside while the case was heard. Do you That's want- bullshit. He's the one being fined. Do you, do you want to see a photo yes, of Gary? Yes, I want to see Gary in a hat. Like, this is very stylish. It, he looks very smart and handsome in his little hat. Show me the goat. Show me the goat. Look at him. No. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> looked definitely... after him while he was outside. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. They but... just tie a goat up outside of Parliament? <laughs> uh, Parliament, the court? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Um, but yes, his little rainbow hat is very stylish. Gary, even though he was asked to wait outside while the case was heard, did have his own lawyer. Okay. Mr. Paul McGurr. Paul McGurr. Uh, he told the court that the police had issued the fine incorrectly as it didn't relate to a person, but instead a goat. Mm. A quote from him, the liability for the fine attaches to a person, but Gary is not a person. In addition, it can't be proved that Mr. Bazubi put Gary up to the act of eating the flowers. Yeah, because he's a goat. And uh, the magistrate agreed, saying that he did eat the plants, but there's no evidence that uh, Mr. Bazubi had brought the goat to the area with the intention of having him eat the flowers. She even went as far to say that Gary may have preferred to eat an ice cream, for all we know. Probably would have, <laughs> but... However, police prosecutor, senior sergeant... I can't believe a senior sergeant was on this case, but senior sergeant Rick Mansley... Um, you can't believe a senior sergeant was on this case, but you can believe the court judge is involved in a goat eating a flower. This whole thing is, like, it's so silly. <laughs> like, the whole thing is just ridiculous, and that's why I picked it. I'm like, this is fucking stupid how this actually ever made it to court. I think it's a highlight of what the a lawyer waste of resources. judge's careers the time I had to fucking defend Gary the goat in court. <laughs> so, yes, uh, senior sergeant Rick Mansley believed that Jimbo was fined correctly as he knew the goat was hungry and led him near the flower bed. How the fuck do you know when a goat is hungry? Did he tell you? Did he whisper it in your ear? Look, Rick, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Who fined him though? Was it the police? It was the police. Did the police get, did they just see him or did the art gallery call the police and be like, there's a man out there with a goat eating our flowers? <laughs> the article doesn't mention that. But I'm assuming the like, police passed oh, him and Gary's fined him. Gary's doing a post one piece on the fucking society. <laughs> And then the art world would have just like fucking creamed their pants over it. So basically, in the end, the fine was cancelled. How much was the was fine? I uh, didn't say. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a finable offence. Your goat ate plants that didn't belong to it. It's like, um, <laughs> do you follow Best of Next Door on Twitter? No, I don't. They're great. But I usually see them on your feed anyway. Yeah, there's one though where like the person's like, my neighbor's sunflower looks into my yard. Is this allowed? Is this, Is a, it spy- allowed? Is this a spy cam? Is it allowed for a flower to look? It's a sunflower. It follows the, f- follows the fucking sun. <laughs> and there's another person where they're like, they wanted to sue their neighbor for like money because the neighbor had beehives and the bees would come into her yard and like use the pollen. And they're like, I've never even gotten a jar of honey. They owe me money for using my flowers. And I'm like, they're bees. And also your flowers are probably doing really well because the bees are pollinating your flowers. And they're like, my neighbor's an asshole. They should pay me money because their bees use my flowers. Oh my God. Like, you might have hives in your backyard, but bees don't belong to anyone. Do you know what I mean? I don't think that even if you have, like, this hives in your... my pet bee. That's what I mean. Like, I even if you have a leash. hive, you can't go, that bee's mine. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I just can't I, are people really this dumb? the audacity of some people. Are people really this dumb? I can't. 
believe <laughs> no. the audacity of some people. You know what? That's it. The show's cancelled. All right. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our ninth and final episode. <laughs> Next week, we'll be back. Shitmedadpodcast.com. <laughs> Shitmepoolpodcast.com. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Anyway, <laughs> that's it for this week. What a great fucking <laughs> time we've all had here. Spanish flu, many poo, goats for me and you. And you forgot the murder. Yeah, I couldn't figure out how to get that to rhyme into the story, though. (laughs) If you'd like to submit your stories to us from your local towns or your local little papers, please do, uh, so we can cover it on the podcast. Give us some feedback or anything at all, really, on the website's email, which is fmedead. The website's email? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. You think I would actually know that off the top of my head by now. I've read it that many times, but yeah. I don't. <laughs> uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, as always, at fuckmedeadpod to keep up to date on when episodes are released. We share weird little stories that won't fit the podcast because they're outside the country. Like today, you shared that one I told you. I don't know if you did yet. But I haven't done it yet, sorry. Stay tuned for that. It's probably already happened because this is recorded in the past and you're listening to it in the future. Oh, my God. <gasps> <gasps> also, Fresh and <laughs> Walk can be found in the show notes and on our website, fuckpotatopodcast.com. Um, you can listen to us on everything. Yep. We're on more platforms than Skyrim. <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, a lie. Now. It's not a lie. Uh, subscribe. Do we have a subscribe button anyway? <laughs> Can you really? Su- it's clear that CJ does not actually listen to podcasts because he doesn't know if there's a subscribe button. Yeah. There is. Okay. <laughs> I assume there was, but I was like, I don't know. Uh, shout out to Red again, I guess. There'll be. Um, I just want to say that I appreciate that you were going to unsubscribe because of the boo woo. I felt the same way. Boo-woo. I wanted to unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> look, what else would a ghost train say? <laughs> okay, look. We don't need to repeat it again. Okay, that's it. <laughs> And thank you for tuning in once again. For sure, our returning listeners, we know you're out there. We have statistics. We see you. And we'll be seeing you very shortly. (laughs) Uh, Let us know what you think of the new audio as well. Yes, definitely Um, would like some feedback. I personally think after listening to the test we did, it's a lot better. But I do apologize because I'm holding the mic, so I'm probably a little bit in and out all episode, you know, kind of like what I'm doing right now. Um, But it may not do anything. Bye, Poppy. You want to say anything? Poppy says bye too. Probably can't hear her on the mics anymore, but she's screaming. Okay, yeah. Thanks for listening and we'll uh, talk to you next week. For the big one zero. For the big one double zero. Zi- du- double zeros. Double, double digits. digits. <laughs> okay. Bye. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>